Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, mate, these ones are going to rustle your jimmies. In a good way. <laughs> my, my jimmies are fully prepared to be rustled. Yeah, go on then. This is in a book, so it has to be a hundred percent true. Oh, hello, and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Today, your host is me, Tiss. My co host, as always. Bob and Beef, say hello. Hello. <laughs> I was trying to say it at the same time as you. We're back. Hey everyone, this is Bob. We're back, baby. Back. And this is Beef. I'm also back. Baby. Baby. I've never gone away. I'm always here. <laughs> what season is this? Is there a season number? Uh no, we just you know, just Christmas. I guess we do we do four seasons a year, so I guess this is winter season. Or is it autumn? We're one season closer to our next tattoo. Oh, God. Yeah, that's how we'll do it. So, uh, yeah, this is the November-December season. 2021, snappy toll. I was going to get a Mothman back piece on our thousandth episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all of us. Get your wings. Get your wings attached to a little Mothman between them. Oh, my God, that's fucking genius. (laughs) I need to do that. (laughs) I need to do that. I genuinely do. Episode oh 200, if you did that, I'll fucking kiss would, your spine. I'm going to do that anyway, man. <laughs> Fuck! That's a great idea. Get it done for the next recording. Yeah. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. Poo do yourself. It. Do Poo it. yourself. Okay, so... so uh, you certainly have got a really fun one for us today. You yeah. Keep yeah. It. I feel like you over-egged it. This episode is just a return to where we got started and just random stories, random little... Love it tears and just just uh yeah whatever just a bit of a free form to be honest exactly what we need after the last season i've got a book called uh conspiracy encyclopedia whoa that looks great <laughs> look at that someone someone bought me this for my birthday ages ago like i'm talking like probably like 15 or 20 years ago no couldn't be 20 oh, wow. 15 15 years ago maybe really maybe no, maybe not that long. Maybe maybe like 12, but still, fucking ages ago. Look at the date ago. inside. Uh, it's still the cover, long I'll before the pod existed. The date in the cover? Of course. Publication date. As long as it was like published the same year. But... 
It looks like something that Scully would roll her eyes at that was on like Mulder's <laughs> desk when she walked in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. 2006. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Right. Yeah, so it is yeah. like 14, 15 years ago. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's cool. And you, you've only just cranked it out now on episode like 170 yeah. or whatever we're on. Yeah, now. you just remember. I've you literally had this. never read it. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been doing a podcast about conspiracies for six years and you've only just pulled it out. <laughs> That's how much content we've still got left in us. Yeah. Um, he's going to open it now and be like, no, we've done that, done that, done that. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't actually referenced it yet. He's just going to read it on the episode. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. great. It's absolutely amazing. And it's interesting that even back then I was... Uh, even though I wasn't obviously interested enough to read the book, <laughs> someone <laughs> thought I was interested enough <laughs> to buy me the book. <laughs> someone knew I know what Adam likes yeah I know what Adam's going to start a podcast about in 10 years time <laughs> yeah I know what Adam's going to need for episode content when he runs dry after 150 episodes <laughs> <laughs> I, would you know what I love more than you owning that book is that you've owned it and moved with it like three times <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's been at my parents for a long time. I I got it out oh, of the okay. attic when I saw it. I was like, that is I was say, gold. Did you keep just getting it out of boxes and going, I must read that one day and oh, just yeah. put it on a bookshelf? That might be good for the podcast. I, yeah, no, I just flicked through it and didn't actually read any of it. To be fair, I've had that Strange But True book and I haven't actually referenced I've referenced it recently and I've not actually used anything from it yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's and that's, that's even older. <laughs> Dude, if I'm going to read a book, I'm going to read something better (laughs) (laughs) Um, awesome so we're just going to do like a whistle stop tour of different things have you picked a few from it or are you just so uh, I was toying with the idea of making some sort of game which like related to numbers and pages but you know what I've found like a little section and there's different sections so the, the book has like assassination conspiracies disinformation conspiracies Global conspiracies, military conspiracies, medical conspiracies, stuff like that. Like oh, so these are all the different chapters. Uh, s- s- secret societies as well at the back. So, um, yeah, I mean, fuck it. Let's just, just pick pick uh, a subject. And I've got disinformation because it really is interesting. I've just found a few bits um, and just fucking go from there. So you're just going to really wing it? You haven't got any picked out that you definitely want to tackle? Oh, a few that I want. I definitely want to tackle, for sure, yeah. Oh, but just okay. a couple of random but ones. But also, between. we can definitely freeform from the rest of it as well. Um, cool. But, yeah, sounds good. Um, However you want to do it. Start out with one that you've picked. Yeah. And then we'll so, go from there. So, well, so the dif- disinformation one, uh, it starts... And this is like a really... <laughs> this is a really contentious issue. But it's really interesting um, about the church control of information in in medieval times. And it literally blew my mind that um, it said about like Latin and like literature being um, solely the sort of, uh, what's the word? Like people from the church were basically the only people could, could read the Latin. 
or affluent yeah. scholars, <laughs> essentially. You won't believe that, but I'm actually, that's what I was studying last week. No way. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was talking about, it was, I was learning about Latin and how um, the higher classes and the regals and that were the ones that spoke Latin. And Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And well, you think that's, that's still true today? Like, no, totally. Yeah, I can't speak totally. Latin. Absolutely today as well. But it's just, it's nuts that back then it was probably more pronounced because people oh, genuinely absolutely. didn't have a common written language. Oh, yeah, that was the way of communication. There was like yeah. a, multiple languages knocking around the country. People, there wasn't one unified language. The higher classes spoke Latin mm. and, um, and then eventually said, you know, we've got to make, we've got to put this together into some sort of normal language that we can all understand each other. We need one for government and one for law and, um, things like that. That's why English came about as a sort of amalgamation of everyone that had been there the Angles, the Saxons, the Jutes, the Romans. Stop me. I'm doing, um, <laughs> I'm basically doing my degree. <laughs> no, do it. This is interesting. We can get a degree yeah. off of you. Yeah, and then actually, when the Normans came, we all just spoke French for three hundred years. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Is this this is still fresh in your head from last week? So wait, where did yeah. the English language go in the interim? Just fucking, it was never fully formed, oh. and then um, it, it was sort of like when when the Anglo Saxons and Jutes came over here, it was sort of a mix of um, Celtic languages that we spoke, so Scots, Gaelic, Welsh, Cornish, and all that stuff. And then they brought over, over all this like Dutch sounds and, and Germanic and all that stuff and it sort of mingled together. But then the Normans came, sort of came and put a stop to that um, with the, the conquest in 1066. And um, after that, the, we all spoke French. Right. And, um, and then eventually English came about after all that. Eventually, and then there was, you know, I've been reading um, Old English and it doesn't look anything like or sound anything like the way we speak English today. It's almost like another language. We have yeah, letters yeah. that we don't have anymore. And yeah. So that was um, medieval times then that yeah, yeah. came about. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. English has been around for about 1500 years in some form, but was not spoken for all of that time in mm. prominence. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah. I just found it nuts that there's like a time when um, someone was that powerful that they could literally control information mm, and, mm. and lock it and lock it with language. Like it didn't need to be locked. Isn't in that a... what still happens today? Yeah, I was going to say they're a bit crazy to imagine a time like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's the way we we all speak English, but it's the way. No, but when it's so pronounced, do you know what I mean? We kind of we have we do we do have like our own literature we have our own sort of stuff but uh, there's obviously a lot in latin but mm. like, yeah back then they literally had nothing else yeah well they could control people because people couldn't not everyone could speak read like speak the same language read or whatever it's the same as um language can, is a, is the ultimate form of control like you, i'm doing about um colonialism this week and when you think about the english colonies in india when they when they went over there india had no common language there's there's, there was loads of indian languages in the country depending on what part of india you're from and stuff and um when the english got over there we said well how are we gonna rule how can we control there's not even like one language that that everyone speaks here 
And so they said, well, we'll rule through language. We'll make them learn English because then they'll all be speaking the same language. Yeah. And that's how we controlled through language. And we built English schools and made the kids speak English. And it created a class divide because the more elites were the ones we put through the school. And then we had them as the rulers in name only to run the place. Yeah. It's um, language has always been used for control. That's crazy. It's so nuts. Well, it gives you it gives you power, doesn't it? You think of yeah. the access as well. So, if you can speak English in this world, yeah, you you automatically have an advantage over lots of lots of other people. Yeah, um, we've got a, we've got a guy in our church who spoke about. So he's from Nigeria. He's from uh, um, southern Nigeria, and he was talking about how, like he said, actually, he said, I know that British people tend to kind of roll their eyes at like British ministries that go over to different countries and right you know like share the gospel but basically then go and set up schools and do all these things and he said you know nowadays it's kind of like um not 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 frowned upon but it's it's kind of cliche to kind of yeah, go to Africa yeah, yeah. to but he said but then I I have my education to thank because of the British people that came to Nigeria and set this all up and I wouldn't have this and I wouldn't have that and and he said but it does give me an advantage over you know my friends back home and yeah there's definitely good and bad stories from all of that stuff yeah yeah um, exactly um cuz I was know. reading a lot about the, the British schools that were set up in um kenya all um, right yeah in the last couple of weeks and there's some pretty grim stories from those um yeah but then yeah i don't know Lang- language is uh people say religion creates all wars but language is is a pretty naughty one as well but normally language isn't used for war it's used for control um, yeah exactly yeah you you could say that maybe yeah, that, that, that's the way he put it. He said, I suppose that's the only pro that came from British Empire is yeah. the fact that I learned English and I can go to school and I got an education and I now have advantage over uh, other people. because so. Without that empire, the whole world wouldn't need to be speaking English because now yeah, exactly. we just expect everyone to speak it. So there's two sides to it. All. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Yeah, it's it's um it's been a rough week of study this week because it's all about colonialism for me yeah it doesn't sound very fun <laughs> there's, there's some grim stories in amongst it uh the more you read you're like oh god you know that sort of shameful of the actions of your country from the past but it's so long in the past like, what can i do about it but it's still be like oh god we did some pretty nasty stuff mm. yeah to say the least but yeah uh tis carry on i've i sort of hijacked it for a bit there no no that's that's the idea to be honest these, these are just uh sort of entry points into conversations that are interesting to me um mm. i just found that fucking nuts maybe one day i'll, I'll do a full-on episode about um weird language stories and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah that'd be good because it, it even mentions like merchants and and people that did teach themselves uh, to read in the native tongue still mm-hmm. would have um a barrier to literature which was predominantly latin just like yeah, writing yeah. all of the inf- information and sort of knowledge in a secret language. Well, it was massively controversial. The, the, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the, the bloke who basically printed the first Bible in English so that people could read it and keep it not elite, 
it was massively controversial that he did it. Mm. But it, mm. it spread the the message to the general populace, or at least those that could read then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's why there was such a push, or there has been such a push in recent decades when it comes to biblical interpretation as well. Like yeah. the the way we interpret the Bible stems from those early translations, which, you know, there are some like ancient Hebrew words for which there's no English uh, translation. There's no words that you could translate. So you kind of get the closest thing. And it's these last few decades where we've had other translations coming in, which give a much truer um, representative of what that, you know, what that scripture is saying. It's the same for translating any language to, yeah, between each other. There's, yeah. some, there's some ways that, that some ways of saying things in some languages that you can't quite get the exact translation. Mm. And then if you use one that you think is well, that kind of means that. Then people will read it a different way. You know, it, it's, it, translations are a tricky thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the, how did they translate the first words? It was Rosetta Stone, right? Was that something like not, not the first words? It was the the Greek language, right? What were are you asking? Like, what was the oldest language? No, wouldn't um, that be something? The Rosetta like Stone was the Rachel. Greek. Was it translation of the Greek? Rachel sat behind me working, and she has no idea. What's the Rosetta Stone? Ask Rachel that. What's the Rosetta Stone? I did have my timeline right next to me, but I think I've left it in the lounge. Oh. Rosetta Stone. Nice. So, sorry, I missed all of that because I was asking Rachel what the Rosetta Stone is. Yeah. What is it? Uh, so it's. Uh, she said it was a, like an announcement or something that's been that was made by an Egyptian king. Oh. Yeah. Um, but it was written in like four different languages so that people could understand it. Oh. Okay. Cool. And from that, we had like four languages that said the same thing. So if you could break one of them, you could break all of them. Is that the gist of it? I don't know. Uh, I swear the Rosetta Stone was a massive, massive like breakthrough in language. Um, Are you thinking of the Blarney Stone? Blarney Stone? (laughs) That's not a bit of language. Hasn't that got to do with (laughs) snogging? Yeah. <laughs> Kidney stone. Uh, before we continue, I do want to say to listeners, I'm incredibly tired. So if I fudged any dates on my language stuff, um, you know, just I, I, I know, you know, I can't remember what I said, but I give you the rough idea of it. Um, yeah. Sorry, carry on, sis. Right. So I've got a good uh, first conspiracy. That was just a little tear from the start because it's, it's literally just a, a disinformation sort of intro that that bit. Uh, and I was just mm-hmm. reading through that and it was nuts. But so the Brit, the BBC has a conspiracy about it. Do you know about this? BBC ah. has a lot of lot of uh, skeletons in its closet. I think. Yeah. What What do you guys? The BBC think is this? filthy. What would you, What would you guess? At, like the BBC. Well, having... seeing as the publication date of that book, I guess it's not the conspiracy of covering up Jimmy Savile's evil deeds. That's not even a conspiracy, though. That's just they did. <laughs> no, but when he was at it, it was a conspiracy. Right. Oh, uh, no, it's not about Because Jimmy people Savile. knew it was happening and then covered it because they were like, he was doing good stuff for charity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was doing stuff for the hospital. <laughs> yeah. 
doing some very crazy shit. Wasn't there a cafe at State Mandeville called Savills? I was working. I was working in that hospital when it all when it all came out about him. Really? Yeah, I was. Um, me and my dad were doing. There was there was ex- doing an extension on it, and we were doing the dry lining on the extension. Oh right. And the, when we was in there, we'd have our breakfast in the cafe on song. Was it? Which was was it called Savills? It was called Jimmy's Calf, named after Jimmy oh, Savills. Jimmy's. And and the hallway leading up to it was all pictures of him at the hospital. Literally the next day, all the pictures are off the wall, and then renamed the um, cafe to something like Bite to Eat or something like that. Oh really? <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. State Mandeville Hospital. So you were at the hospital when it broke, when that news broke? I was working at that hospital, like, I was worked there in the day, and it broke that night, and I worked there the next day. That's... So the, I saw the instant change. <laughs> so wow. wait, they, they like, got in there in the middle of the night and changed it all? Yeah. Fucking That's took them pictures down. The pictures were brilliant. gone. Someone's just woke up in cold sweats, just like, fuck, I need to get these down. <laughs> get that fucking sign down. literally you would not feel happy in in jimmy's calf the morning after it happened well think about you guys have been to my flat in leeds when we went to thought bubble the royal armories museum that building opposite used to be called savile's hall yeah when you guys were here it was savile's hall yeah really years ago yeah now it's um i can't remember what it's called i mean they would have been doing they would have heard about that before it broke they would have had time to because you can't rebrand something overnight no yeah was it called? Was it like it might, bite to eat? I don't know eat, if it had the proper signs up. I was going to say, was it just written on like A4? Yeah, bite I don't to think it had like a proper <laughs> sign up. But that, during the time I worked there, the proper sign did go up. Like my memory is okay. definitely conflating stuff, but you did see the difference overnight. Yeah. Um, what a naughty man! But that is not the conspiracy we're talking about. No, we're talking no, about is. any other BBC conspiracies. I don't know. I'm not sure of any conspiracies. I just know that the BBC, like particularly these days, I think there's less. They seem like a less trustworthy source. They're not like mm. the stalwart. Is it that they used to broadcast in Latin so the regular people could understand what they were <laughs> the news? <laughs> Trevor McDonald speaking in Latin. Oh no, he's on ITV, isn't he? No, I don't. Actually, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the first idea what this is about. No. Okay. Don't think so. Bob? I get the feeling that you're going to say it and we're going to go, oh, of course. Yeah, I can't think off the top of my head. Okay, so the first bit basically describes the BBC. We obviously know about the BBC, so I'll skip that. Um, The conspiracy theory is that the BBC, although generally regarded as the bastion of incorruptible truth, uh, has its reputation tarnished by past involvement with intelligence agencies. Yeah, I can I can believe that. Um, this inevitably um, leads to accusations that its news agenda is sometimes influenced by intelligence community. Mm. Yeah, I can believe that. Uh, you can say that about any news source. I don't. Is there such thing as impartial news source or a reputable news source? I like the idea of one. The BBC was supposed to be right because we pay for. They it. used to be. Yeah, I think. Certainly before the pandemic, it felt like, and probably before Brexit and everything else, it felt like they were like the stalwart for journalism. Like you could always trust the Beeb. They'd always do right by you and their journalism was always like rock rock steady. You could trust them. And it just, it seems now like... Do they um, not lean one way or the other politically? I know I haven't watched BBC News for so many years. 
Uh, I think now they would be, they would probably lean more to the right for sure. Oh, interesting. Um, like throughout the pandemic, they've been much more supportive of, um, sort of the, to the right, um, scientists. You try not to, to the say like, his name. Oh, the scientists. The, the doom, you know, the doom and gloom guys rather than giving it more of a well-rounded view. And, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, you definitely get the sense anyway that you can't really... They're all the same now, aren't they? Do you think that's within the nation's interest, though? Because if we're going through a crisis and our new, our only news source that we're looking through to for answers is going, well, the Prime Minister's a bellend. Well, he is. But do you not think that will divide the country more and stress everyone out, thinking, God, this is the fucking dick that's steering the ship through this, than if they said... Which, like a lot of the news sources I say are like really like, yay, Boris is saving us, he's getting us through this. And I'm like, so are we talking about the same Boris? Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, I guess I was, I'd, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't really think, I wasn't really thinking in terms of, uh, Boris. Um, I'm always thinking in terms of Boris. Oh, I see. And that's why you're so stressed all the time. Just don't think about him. You know what's amazing? Uh, when I, when I drive south for work, um, if I there's a bit down the motorway near me, when I'm driving home, as you get closer to Leeds on one of the big bridges over, it's like go home, Boris, or something, or turn around, Boris is on one of the bridges, and it always really? makes me smile. <laughs> no, I think I, I think what I mean is there seems to be, or certainly in the early days of the pandemic, there seemed to be, uh, it seemed to be quite obvious that the BBC weren't being critical of him at all and they were they weren't asking questions that would put him under pressure really like uh, maybe if you were to watch like Andrew Marr or something like that then yeah maybe but in the briefings like they were doing the we didn't really watch them but the daily briefings like apparently right, yeah, yeah. apparently they didn't really hold him under much scrutiny which is why it seems like they've been able to just get away with everything and do whatever they you know whatever the hell they want because no one's scrutinizing their actions and just pretty much just listening to what they're saying. Um, so, which which then in turn made people question the BBC. It's like, oh, the BBC is supposed to be our voice. They're supposed to be almost like asking the questions that we would want to ask, not just the nice, comfy questions that journalists are taught to ask. Yeah, The BBC is supposed to hold our leaders to account because we can't do it, so they're supposed to do it for us. Yeah, and we all hate them. So. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is what I think the GB News was supposed to be. There was this new channel. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I've seen this. It's so ridiculous. But at one point, about a month ago, it had exactly zero people watching it. <laughs> oh, like, my oh. goodness. Well, I'd never heard of it until now. It's so. because it was a right-wing news channel, and then <laughs> someone took the knee live on air and just alienated the entire, like, watcher group. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's, that's hilarious, what I remember. The whole viewership were just like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> and they got they got trolled. Did you hear this? They got trolled by um, Sky News. Because they, they were really cocky. They were like, yeah, Sky News, on Twitter, they were like, Sky News, we're coming for you. BBC, we're coming for you. This is the new news channel that you want to watch. 
I I don't know. I wonder if they were trying to be a bit more like Fox, a bit like right. in your face and a bit, yeah. you know, aggressive. Yeah, probably. Um, and so then Sky produced, they did like a five minute segment of a man eating a sausage roll. That was literally it. It was just like a looped footage of <laughs> someone eating a sausage roll. And there were more people watching that on Sky News. <laughs> <laughs> than than the people watching GB and it was the world like, is insane. The world is mental. It's gone mental. Yeah, we are our own parody at the minute. Yeah, wow. it's mental. That's mad. My favourite thing. Um, this isn't really relevant actually, but I just had a memory, so I'm going to tell it anyway before Tis gives us the evidence. My favourite um, live broadcast on television happened when I was on my summer holidays in like year nine or ten of mm-hmm. school, and I was sitting in my living room with Jibs. Shout out to Jibs. And uh, we were watching OK TV, which was the daytime <laughs> TV show of Ronan Keaton at the time. Beef, beef might know what I'm going to talk about because he's. Uh, I remember it, to yeah. spit his drink out. We were, we were sitting there watching it, and um, I can't remember who the female host was, but it was Ronan Keaton, was the main guy. Oh, if anyone's got any questions, uh, please call in and ask anything. And uh, eventually they got his phone call through. This is the, the most dog shit low budget daytime tv talk show ever and they were like hi yeah i've just got a, a question for ronan actually he's like yeah go ahead um me and my friend here were just wondering why okay tv is so fucking shit <laughs> oh my like, god someone, something happened there like trying to be all like cool about it on live tv at like you know one o'clock in the afternoon it was amazing <laughs> that's um, i think about it all the time <laughs> and I just think it, it was like a teenage girl and I'm just like whoever this whoever this teenager was she fucking rules so if you're out there listening to her tales I've always held you in the highest esteem because that's fucking funny that's genius I think uh, I, I never saw it but I keep looking on YouTube just in the hope I look on YouTube, someone you know put what, it on I there. even searched it on Google very recently because I told it to Becca and it and I was like, it was so gratifying that I didn't misremember it because there was a news article from back then, like of people complaining, and it ah. said the quote like, "Why is OK TV so fucking shit?" It was in the <laughs> article, and I was like, "Yes, I remembered it right." That's amazing. Yeah, yeah you've like, yeah, I, I just laugh because I remember you telling me that story years ago. So good. Have you found the episode then, Bob? No, I can't find. There's no, no, no one was watching that show, let alone recording it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But I found I found an article online about how there was like complaints because someone swore on the show or something. Yeah. But anyway, give us the evidence for the BBC. <laughs> complaints can someone <laughs> abused Ronan Keaton. <laughs> um, so the evidence against the BBC being uh, in cahoots with MI5 or intelligence communities, um, and the infamous. Um, ooh, uh, infamous spy Guy Burgess worked as a reporter for the BBC from 1936 to 1944. Um, He was apparently given the job of delivering secret messages to French Premier Edouard Daladier and Italian dictator Benito Mussolini. Um, While in the employ of the BBC, he worked as a double agent for the Russian and British governments. Um, is this true or speculation? A conspiracy? Is it a conspiracy? This book, so? is in a book, so it has to be a hundred percent true. <laughs> it's infallible. Yeah, it's not on the internet, mate. It's in a book, so just 
Um, so it's in print. You can't print. You can't print lies. That's it. Exactly. It costs too much to lie. Um, <laughs> they make stuff up. <laughs> during World War Two, the BBC made invaluable contributions to the war effort by broadcasting Allied propaganda, uh, coded messages, resistance fighters, and occupied Europe. Um, during the Cold War, the same propaganda they did. They broadcast it. Um, what's the thing? So some dude called. Sir Ivan Kirkpatrick uh, recommended getting the BBC on board um, to broadcast propaganda, saying that it was like its best, its most important ally in propaganda. Um, And also, this is interesting, in the 1940s, um, a practice of vetting all BBC staff by the special assistant to the director of personnel was initiated their job was to provide a list of all job applicants to mi5 uh, who then provide clearance or declared the applicant a security risk the procedure was stopped in 1985 after an expose by the observer newspaper uh, which also revealed that no government had ever given permission for such vetting i mean we're laughing about it but i could believe all this yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because propaganda, the you know the media and propaganda and stuff, it's always been kind of what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. There's always an agenda behind the reporting, isn't there? To to believe that our government doesn't have weapons to keep us in line, that's naive, right? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, it's it's like you could argue that a lockdown is a Tory government's dream come true because they can control everyone, control people's movements, see people wear at all times. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Doesn't that make it easier for you? If you're governing someone, it's easier if they just do what you tell them to. Makes your job a lot easier. We all know it now, though, and we don't care. That's I watched yeah. the... Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Citizen Four, the documentary about Edward Snowden and... Um, all the leaks and stuff. Uh, it came out 2016, but I watched it last night. And um, and in that, I'm like, God, this guy put himself on the line big time to out this information about how, you know, all everyone's phones, you know, as, a, as a, an abuse of power after 9-11 and the powers that it gave the American government and stuff like that, they abused their power and tracked everyone's phones. That's, that's what it was about. And... Basically, the the rules, this, the new rules, were so wishy washy. It just gave them the the ability to just track whoever the fuck they wanted, and you know everyone's being spied on. And it was shocking at the time when it came out, and he had to go into hiding, and he still lives in Russia, now to this day. Um, and I'm just like, wow, what what set of balls on this guy? But it didn't matter. It didn't do anything. Now we just joke about it. We were just like, yeah, we know we're being listened to, lol. And I'm like, God. This guy went through all that to like give us the information and say they're all they're, you know everything is being tracked everything is being monitored here's the proof and we were just went yeah no what's his name sorry the guy Edward Snowden okay mm. uh, the documentary is really interesting by the way it's um it was all filmed inside it's the footage of when he was like giving the journalists all the information and hiding in a hotel room in Hong Kong so it's all just footage from inside the hotel room while he's like shitting himself where can where can you watch it um i had it a copy of it from ages ago that i never got around to watch but i can't remember where i got it from uh, because it was recommended to me to watch i know it was the oscar winning doc the year it came out 
but it's okay. super interesting and it really is the, the start of that like our information is the biggest asset the government can take from us and track mm. us and follow us anywhere and know everything about us and we all know it now but we mm. just don't care and it was like so sad to watch this film that's not that old and see how much people cared then when the the shock when the mm. information came out to now people just don't care they're like yeah no lol but I get good deals because they know what I want on adverts. It's such an invasion of privacy. And he says, what he was saying is it, it, it made the internet become what it is. Well, actually kind of, he said what it's becoming. And it's oh, when I was watching, I was like, it's what it has become where it's not what it's out to be. He was like, mm. when the, when the internet first was um, created, it was created that like everyone sort of did have an equal voice. And it was like a, a place that anyone could be free and some kid from this part of the world could talk to some professor from this part of the world and they'd be on equal footing. But the way it's been used is that we're so monitored. We can't be free because everything we click on is traced. Everything we say is monitored and attacked by whatever and used for propaganda and used for this, that and the other. And because of the way we are tracked, this created the internet as we know it today, which is a fucking nightmare. Mm. Um, so yeah it was really weird watching that in hindsight and about how like none of us care we know it happens and we don't care I think it I think some of it is just feeling pretty powerless that yeah. there's there's nothing you can do to change it and actually most of the time uh, whilst it is incredibly invasive it the, the way it, the reason it works is because it doesn't necessarily feel that invasive no. because if you if you have an advert on your phone and you're probably going to buy that product anyway, who cares? Um, I'm just, I'm like speaking like this is obviously devil's advocate. Like I think it's pretty crummy. I know. I just worked with someone who was like very pro on that stuff and he couldn't believe that I put on privacy settings and stuff. He was like, it's brilliant. We're talking about nowadays you get advertised things you actually want. It's good that they track you. And he couldn't get that. I thought it was bad. Mm. Yeah, and all we had was like praise for like the way the internet works now and how his phone tracks everything and all this stuff and I was just like oh my god this is horrible yeah totally it's nuts it's like the more it knows some people genuinely find it helpful but don't understand what you're giving up for that privilege of what like a little bit of saving time we are powerless against it though Um, to a certain degree how many how many times have you been talking about something and then you something on your phone appears of what you've been talking about like a day later or something you're like oh that's weird I was just talking about that yesterday. Do you know what my mm. my phone doesn't know shit about me at the moment because my when I ever I pop on Instagram or something like that I don't follow anyone that I know it's just literally to find things that I need need to find and the same with Facebook. Yeah, but I'm talking about stuff like a little while ago, I made a joke about like tax evasion um, in a workplace. I made a joke about it like, oh, yeah, probably they'll probably do me for tax evasion or something like that. Not true. It was a joke. But I can't even remember what it was about. The next day, I got one of them like scam text uh, phone calls where it's like a robotic voice going are you worried about tax evasion or like being uh, oh you know it's like you are being tracked for like tax uh, fraud or something like that 
like as a scam. Yeah, right. But if I made that joke because I was actually worried that I'd been doing something dodgy and mm. got that, I would have gone, fuck, thinking they've got me. That's mad. It's a scam. Mm. It was all a scam to shit me up, to make me hand over details. But I was like, there's no way my phone's not listening to me for mm. that for me to get that call the day after I was joking with people about tax evasion. No way. Yeah. But what can I do about it? Because as a world, we've we've rolled over and gone, yeah, but I get good adverts on Twitter now. Well, we're all consumers. We consume all day, every day, for the whole of our lives, don't we? And so, you, you know, if you go on, that's that's how, you know, social media is, that's why they have all these algorithms in place because if they can keep you on YouTube for hours, ultimately they're, you know, they're gaining money from that, from the ads that you're watching when you go on those videos and then eventually... Hopefully you get so sick of those ads that you just buy YouTube Premium and pay £10 a month for that. Do you know anyone that actually does that, though? Sorry? Do you know anyone that actually does that? Oh, I do know I do know someone that's done that, yeah. The YouTube ad that gets me every time is, like, all these side hustle adverts. Like, just every single advert is about someone, like... You should start a side hustle. If you're opening an Amazon shop, don't do that. This is the best way to make money. And it's like... Oh, my God. I saw Adam Buxton live the other night, and he was talking about that on his live show, and everyone in the audience was, like, laughing and going, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what anyone's talking about. Yeah. I get those all the time. So the fact that you brought that up again. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't really watch much YouTube, though. No. But everyone in the room was like, oh, yeah, like laughing. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. No, Uh, I don't know. On YouTube, it is totally... Like that that's a really popular advert. I guess it's a popular advert for whoever watches. He was laughing you know, about like he sees that advert multiple times every single day and he still doesn't really understand what it's trying to sell him. So how effective <laughs> is it? No, that's it, yeah. <laughs> he said by the end of it, he's like, I still don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. But you think like years ago you used to have to have the adverts and sit through the adverts if you were watching something mm. on TV. Uh, yeah. And it's not like now where if they're on, you just sit and browse on your phone for three minutes rather mm. than, you know, wait for your show to start. But then when you browse on or your it's phone, recorded. you're getting more adverts. So it's exactly. just like, you can't escape it. I know people, no. and myself pretty much included with Lids, is that if if it's live, we'll record it and watch it later. So you can skip the adverts. Yeah, we barely watch live TV now. We won't yeah. watch it while it's live because it's adverts. Wow. Just pure fucking waiting around for things to happen. Especially on like terrestrial like ITV and BBC. No, actually not BBC. Just ITV and that. It's just Channel 4. Crazy amounts of adverts. Mm. And they're all really crazy and shit. Like Bosch. Bosch have got the fucking Like a Boss song as their like thing. Have you seen that? No, no. Like a boss by Lonely Island is now like a Bosch. It's a Bosch advert. Oh my god! Like a Bosch. No. That's fucking mental, isn't it? They've co. They've they've stolen a Lonely Island song for an advert to sell drills and power tools and home equipment. That's what. That's what I mean. Like at least in like our American listeners, I really empathise with you guys. Like. The amount of adverts in a half an hour TV pro Like, when we were in Minnesota years ago, I watched The Simpsons, and it, it was like 40 minutes just to get through the 20-minute yeah, episode. Yeah, they've actually had to change the way they write The Simpsons now. 
because it used to That's be mental. three acts with two ad breaks in the middle. And mm. now, because they want to put an extra ad break in, they have to write them as four acts. And the last act is like less than a minute long. So they have to like it's have like a little insane. wrap up epilogue and it affects the writing. Like this is just as weirdly paced because a three act yeah. structure works in storytelling and they have to kind of do it four to fit in another ad break. And yeah. they've had to shorten the actual length of the episode because the adverts and make it four acts. And it's like, yeah, that's crazy. What the fuck, man? Americans, when we have the Simpsons on telly over here, we have one ad break in the middle. One. And it's what, like three minutes? Yeah. Three minutes tops. Well, this episode of The Simpsons, well, that's what I mean. It was. An episode of Simpsons is only 22 minutes. So yeah. they put yeah. all those ads around it. Yeah. Jesus. Mm. And especially when you watch, like, so I was watching um, The American Office today, and there yeah. are bits where you're like, there's an ad break there. Yeah, yeah. And it breaks the flow of the, of what's going on. Um, and, like, every now and then you're like, well, they've, like, obviously writers are clever and they know how to disguise, you know, and work around it. But if you've got two ad breaks in one, like you say, then you can kind of get through it. But. When's it going to end? It's going to get to the point where a Simpsons episode is going to take an hour and a half. Yeah, this is just for a fun episode. We've ended up being really depressing. We're talking about being... Yeah, sorry, like, Tiff. Um, we should try and bring it back on track with something more fun because we've talked about like Latin religious control. Uh, we've talked about fucking being mined for our information. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard life. Um and we're not going to make it any easier. Bring us back round to <laughs> Oh, you said it was going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I lied. Um, John Birch Society. Have you heard anything about this? Does this interest you at all? Name rings a bell. What is that? It's a right-wing organization that disseminated oh. a global conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Sorry, the, the disappointment in your voice when you said right-wing. They're a right-wing organization. Oh, <laughs> it was so it was so deflating it was like a child opening a really boring <laughs> present on on christmas day instant oh, dislikes fuck. yeah i don't want to hear conspiracies about right-wing organizations okay i believe them <laughs> well th- this this is this is a right-wing organization um where this dude John Birch, uh, sorry, businessman Robert Welsh uh, created the John Birch Society and it was based on a missionary called John Birch who, while preaching in China, worked for American intelligence and he was killed by the Chinese troops Um, and it kind of made him into a martyr for communism. So it was like against communism Um, Mm -hmm. and had loads of uh, members, 100,000 members in 1961. Um... And it was a pressure group against communism, uh, but the, the conspiracy is um, that they they purported was that there is a global communist conspiracy. Um, Robert Welsh traced this back to the German Masonic secret society, the Illuminati. He believed that mm. Karl Marx, the author of the Communist Manifesto, was in the pay of the Illuminati, and that they had started both French and Russian revolutions. So with the, the Illuminati, do you not... Th- I'm not sort of two minds about the Illuminati because one one side I'm like, oh, here we go. It always Every time we talk about these right-wing conspiracies, organisations, blah, blah, it always... like I was, I was waiting for you to say the word Illuminati. It's always like, yeah, it turns out it, turns out it can be traced to the Illuminati. It's like um, in The Simpsons where it's like, say the word, but you're waiting <laughs> for <laughs> Illuminati, <laughs> Illuminati to come up. 
So I'm like, oh God, it's the Illuminati again. Makes me not believe it. But then I'm also, maybe it makes me believe it more because maybe it's all the Illuminati. Isn't that kind of the idea of them? Illuminati is a weird one because the Illuminati does exist in a form of... Does it? Kind of, yeah. It's like a black magic type... No, maybe I'm talking shit. I heard that Illuminati the was circle. the illuminated ones and that it was more like, more likely to be... Yeah, but what you're saying now sounds like a conspiracy as well. I don't know, like a like a group for the like the super smart. It's not like a conspiracy, it's just you think super smart and important people just thought, <laughs> fuck it, we'll That's all Mensa, create a club. That's Mensa. That's Mensa. Oh, yeah, I guess it yeah. is Mensa. It's pretty much Mensa. That's Mensa. What you're describing but, is Mensa. Yeah, but back then, like, Mensa didn't have any competition. Like, they, they called themselves the so Illuminati. So it's the rival. Because information is power, especially back then. Um, I, I don't know about the Illuminati, but the reason it, like, grabs our attention every time we talk about it is because we we know about, like, the Rothschilds and... Yeah. These other ridiculously power, like more power than our I government. Need, I need to do families. an Illuminati episode on the actual, the other side of the do Illuminati. Do an Illuminati episode on the Rothschilds and like Rupert Murdoch. No, the, the Rothschilds is the other end of the spectrum. That's like, that's like what you guys are thinking, but the Illuminati is like a different. Is there anything to do with the Freemasons? Maybe. I don't, man, I can't remember now. This is where we need to do an episode on it because we're just saying words that we know. I think it's something to do with black magic as well, though. It's like... Black oh, magic. The black this, magic this, cult. When you're like, no, no, it's real. It's about black magic. I'm like, who told you it was real then? But black magic <laughs> is real, isn't it? assuming black magic's real. <laughs> but when it doesn't work, I'm not, saying it, I'm not saying it works or it doesn't, but black magic is a, is a, a thing that people do, right? Well, I guess, but is it real? Yeah. Well... It doesn't matter if it's real. I'm just saying that people do it, and a lot of people. If if it, yeah, if but- loads of important people thought it was real and joined a massive cult to do it, that's real enough. Obviously, it feels like a bit of a leap to be this society of people who believe black magic is real, are also the ones that are controlling the world. I don't. I don't know. I. I it's not. That's the conflation. It's not the ones that control the world. Oh yeah, no, sorry. The ones that are controlling the world are the one that you did the episode on already. It's that's the-, the new world order. And New Illuminati, order, yeah. yeah. Mm. But the Illuminati, I get them conflated. In the classic sense, is more of a sort of like different society, not controlling the world, but just a secret society of occult background. Right. Um, I don't mm. know which Illuminati he's talking about. Come to that, I think. <laughs> I think he means the Masonic Society. I was going to say, I don't think he means the Magic Club. He, I think he means the Illuminati of of like the the controlling the world type but i just call them the masons it's just masonic yeah. illuminati is a new yeah. it's like a a hip term from the masons isn't it i might have to cut this but joined the masons when and i was like what and he's like yeah it's just normal it's not what people say it's not all like it's all nonsense what people say and i was just like I don't they know. would say that yeah exactly oh shit but he's like isn't he or he was that's what they go for yeah because they've they they tried to go after. Yeah, and what what? Am I allowed to say this? We're gonna cut this just, anyway. We're gonna just, cut it. They, well, they're gonna cut it. I'm just telling these guys. Where the masons? And they go after yeah, the men. Yeah, it to... is a boys' club for sure. It's mad. It, that's that's how they frame it. They frame it as a men's as a men's club. Yeah. But yeah. we He's... we know we know people that have come out of the masons, and it sounds 
pretty oppressive. Yeah, that's what I think. I'm like, okay, he's like, oh, so far there's just like charity stuff and everything. It's actually really nice. And it's just companies no. looking out for each other. I'm like, yeah, doing each other favors and under, under fucking table handshakes. Fucking gross. Yeah. Rachel, like, we'll have to, we can't have this in the episode. No, but, I have uh, to Rachel, anyway. Rachel had a. Um, who's. And. No. Oh. Ooh. Juicy. Oh, and they had people. Oh, flowers by Irene. Oh my god. And oh, and yeah, apparently they were like. Does that need cutting? Oh, yeah, that definitely I needs cutting. I might deploy loads of beeps so it's not actually intelligible in any way. It's just me going, juicy. <laughs> That would be amazing. That would be amazing, yeah. I'll do that. I've done it a few times. It's funny to me. Um, right, where were we on this thing? The conspiracy... I think uh, I think we've pretty much... We were being miserable. We were talking about Tories and shit. <laughs> I don't know. It all feels... Were we? I, no, I don't Illuminati know. Illuminati and, no, and just... um, the Masons. We were talking just... about the Masons. The bit that got bleeped oh. out. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess they just they just think that everyone's part of the communist conspiracy. <laughs> you could say that for a lot of conspiracies. <laughs> There's a lot of evidence to say that some people, <laughs> other people believed that. Uh, I think the interesting part was like the uh, the fact that they thought that Karl Marx was like part of the Illuminati and started the French and Russian revolutions. Oh yeah, that's pretty bonkers. Um, the verdict is, since the end of the Cold War, the spectre of an international communist conspiracy has proved to be invalid. The John Birch Society has been, to a large extent, overtaken by those events and only recently started to make an impact again with its theories on Bush's New World Order. When Bush refers to the NWO, it is like, <laughs> Bush, this is how old this book is. When Bush <laughs> refers like, to an NWO, and it's like in like present tense when he refers to it. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, <laughs> it is less likely to be a reference to an international conspiracy, however, than a desire to see U.S.-style democracy practiced in those countries that he has on on his famous axis of evil list. What? I don't understand any of that sentence. The Axis of Evil. Don't you remember that? No. I remember that. Yeah, there was a big... Like, Bill Bailey did a sketch on The Axis of Evil. <laughs> oh, really? He did, like, a... He did, like, a, He made a song about it, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you yeah, know, he he talked about The Axis of Evil all the time. It was because, I, I swear, like, a reporter challenged him on it. Um, it was like, you can't just dub these people as evil because it's racist. He, so it's so he, sweeping like, just to be like evil, <laughs> evil. <laughs> These word. people are evil. It's like evil. no, you can't say that because it's tarnishing a whole religion and <laughs> uh, it's really racist. So he created the axis of evil, which is almost like good people up here, and then you can at any point <laughs> come. Yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. Wow. Yeah. But at the time, I remember reading it and thinking, "Oh, that makes sense." But then I was like fourteen, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Cool. There's loads of like, there's loads of like magazines. Uh, I won't, I won't read all of them out to be honest. Um, <laughs> just interesting. There's loads of magazines um, that they mention that could be propaganda or disinformation. All of them. Private Eye magazine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Liberty. I lobby. guess the, the, the whole idea of Private Eye is that it's not. It's supposed to be like irreverent, right? 
I don't know. So the idea it. of that being um, propaganda, oh, I guess anything's propaganda because it does have like a certain leaning, doesn't it? Everything has a leaning, so it's yeah. not propaganda. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. This shows propaganda. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what are we trying to push again? <laughs> um, just fuck, fuck Tories or something. Just like the that. Tories. <laughs> <laughs> What are we trying to push the Tories off a cliff? What, what, what are we plugging? Uh, so anyway, Tiss. Tiss, have you got any stuff that isn't baited in in the blue blood? Okay, here's here's a big one. Um, this one will shock you. The quote unquote real William Shakespeare. Serious. I've never heard anything about this. Exactly. Go on. Uh, Shakespeare's identity has never been proven beyond his birth certificate and a few legal documents and anecdotes. More importantly, what little is known of Shakespeare seems at odds with the authorship of the plays. Hmm. He seems worldly, uh, well-educated and generous-spirited. So he seemed very well-versed in Venice. With a wide knowledge of arts, literature, medicine and seafaring. For one person who might not have been educated. Sounds fishy to me. I reckon Sounds... we should do a whole episode on that. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, I think there's. I think there's definitely an episode. I can't believe I never read this book. This is cold. I know. I know. No. Oh my god. Um, I'll do that slating on Shakespeare. I actually really like Shakespeare now. What What do you fancy? Let's 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 do some like numbers. A number between uh, sixteen and three oh three. Oh my days! <laughs> <laughs> it really could be anything. Beef, I'm gonna let you go first. <laughs> Pick a number: three, sixteen, and three oh three. I'm calling it now. Episode three oh three is gonna be the last episode of Weird Tales. <laughs> Oh man alive. Uh I don't know, let's go through let's go for two three seven. Two three seven. Better be good beef. You're cutting right through. That's why bit. I didn't want to go first. It was too much pressure. Oh religious conspiracies. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> a boom. Right. That's uh. mad. Wow, how did I do that? Oh, Maybe I'm psychic. Mate, these ones are going to rustle your jimmies. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> my my jimmies are fully prepared to be rustled. Yeah, go on then. Uh, oh, God, this whole page. Um, Moses was Egyptian. Is that controversial? What? Who? Wh- where was Moses from? Is it controversial that Moses was Egyptian? Yeah. Not I really. don't think that's controversial. No, oh, he not was... Hebrew. Uh, carry on. Okay, I what don't... does it mean? I, I don't, don't know what that means. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> um, the suggestion that, that Moses might be Egyptian, not Hebrew, is as old as the Old Testament. Oh, old, old then. The world's first conspiracy. Exodus describes him as such. The similarities between the Ten Commandments and the Egyptian Book of the Dead have often been noted, some including controversial author Lawrence Gardner in Genesis of the Grail Kings claim Moses was a pharaoh Akhenaten, 
who angered Egyptian religious authorities by closing down temples and building new ones devoted to a vague, faceless, omniscient, omniscient god called Aten. Uh, many similarities exist between the childhoods of Akhenaten and Moses. Uh, it was decreed that if <laughs> Akhenaten uh, was a son... No, wait. Fucking, it was decreed that if it was son, potential heir to the throne of Amhon, Amenhotep III, he should be killed. Uh, oh shit, someone's ringing me. Can you hear me? I can yeah. hear you. Yeah, sorry, someone's ringing me in the middle. Um, <laughs> I forget he films on his phone. Is it yeah. Moses? Um, <laughs> is it is it God? Is it is he annoyed? <laughs> so basically, that it's saying that Moses is Akhenaten, Akhenaten, the secret right, history. So Moses is this. I don't know so what that means, that, though. No, does that mean that it's controversial it, because Moses isn't real? Right. Oh, so they're saying that it wasn't. Oh. They're saying that Moses was a, a different dude, and that their childhoods were similar. Right. But if you've got a theology degree, was Moses real? Uh, yeah, as far as I'm aware. Uh, Tiss, I mean, can we just take a pause to have Tiss's version of the story of Moses? Uh, oh, yeah, tell us all Tiss's about Moses. Bible Tiss. stories. Tiss's Bible stories. Moses was a slave. No, fucking Moses was the stepson. Was he found in the bulrushes? Was this Moses in the bulrushes? Yeah, yeah. Good start. Fuck yeah. yes. Right, he was in the bulrushes. His mum, like, threw him away in the bulrushes. <laughs> no, wait, no. She threw him downstream. He ended up in the bulrushes. And then he gets picked out by, like, the king's wife or the pharaoh's wife or just some, like, dude who's really high up's wife. And then he ends up being like the stepson or the, you know, adopted son of the pharaoh. And then he's got like a half-brother who's someone else. I can't remember his name. But anyway, I swear he becomes a slave again and then leads a slave rebellion against the pharaoh. Because (laughs) wasn't he... He was Hebrew and it was the Egyptians and the Egyptians enslaved the Hebrews and he found out and was like, that's fucking bullshit. Israelite. Is that... Israelite. Right. And then... uh, That is... Yeah, so far, you're you're not far off. um, Yeah, man. I'm I'm on it. And then... uh, I I laugh about Tiss's Bible stories, but he remembers way more than me. (laughs) (laughs) It's because it's been like... Isn't Emperor's New Groove basically this story? No, that's the king. The king's new emperor. The the emperor's new clothes, isn't it? Emperor's new groove. Uh, <laughs> what film am I thinking of then? I'm thinking of a film you with Moses. Of Prince, you're thinking of Prince of Egypt. Yeah, Prince of Egypt. Yes. Emperor's new groove is very different. Emperor's new groove actually really fucking rocks. It's a really underrated Disney film. Doesn't he turn into a camel in that film? Yeah, he's a llama. I was just getting to that bit. So Moses turns into a camel. (laughs) 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 
what? The yeah. listeners really miss out on something from not being able to see the reactions. Because his reaction when he said, wait, wasn't he a camel? <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Oh. So that's that the story amazing. of Moses. So when Moses leads a, a, yeah. re- a revolution and then the fucking, they're getting a chase and then he parts the sea, walks through the sea, shuts the sea. That's like, boom, like fucking see ya. And then they, then they roam the desert for fucking ages and like really long. Yeah. And then they find um, Jerusalem. Yeah. The, well, they're going towards the promised land. Yeah. Uh, but by then, Joshua is the one who's like takes him. Is that takes the Israelites into the promised land? Is the wall that wall? Do they? That's the wall of that's the place, right? Jericho. That's a, that's so, the wall of Jericho. That wall that they put the notes into. Oh no 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 no! That's the Wailing Wall. Yes. Uh, What's that? No. So Jericho was like the beginning of the land that God promised them. And um, they were like, "Well, we'll just we'll just go mental and just like declare war against these people." God was like, "No, we're not doing that." Uh, and so told them to march around the city seven times, and that God would just bring the walls down, like without there being any need for them to like fight and stuff. And they did that, and then the walls came down. But anyway, I mean, your your recollection of Moses is pretty pretty good. Yeah, you remembered That's... a lot more than I did. Isn't isn't that the same story that has the burning bush in it? Yeah, isn't it the burning bush that tells him? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. That was the one bit I remembered, and it was the one bit I just didn't remember. So there's a conspiracy about that as well. There's a conspiracy that that bush could have been a psychedelic. Uh, properties in the bush and the burning Ooh. the smoke could have caused hallucinations and a connection to something divine i think it's a, it's the drugs. it's a typical example of people reading the bible and thinking it's a literal yeah thing. i think there's, a lot there's... of the problems with interpretation of the bible come from people saying literally the bush got up and started talking like lips formed on the leaves and stuff do you think he meant like burning bush was like a sort of like euphemism for like? <laughs> 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 so I was on the mound burning the bush, yo. <laughs> Again, listeners, you missed something from not being able to see that. <laughs> no, no, I don't. So it must have been around then, though. Definitely must have been around. Yeah, there are some people that would say that it was. So the point, the reason the burning bush was so uh, symbolic is because, or it's so symbolic today, is because it was the whole point is that it was a bush that was on fire, but it wasn't burning. So it was a burning, as in, so uh, it it almost makes it more of a sign that it's God because it's the natural thing for it for it to happen would be that the bush would just decay into ashes mm-hmm. but it didn't and so that's why but yeah i think some other people would say it's not really literal it's that's that's it was moses having like a vision and maybe right. like you say maybe he was burning his own bush <laughs> and having a good old toke on it but i don't like that like that woman from weird news yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
but no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think Moses was high. Uh, I. But I've not heard that conspiracy before. I think there's. You get this quite a lot with biblical narrative that um, at the same time that those books were written and those stories about Moses were written. Oh, whoops! That's my phone. Going off. Sorry, sorry, guys. Um, mm-hmm. You know there would have been countless tales of other people doing things and you know some yeah so i don't i don't but i've not heard that story before no what moses <laughs> yeah thanks tish you've, you've taught me about moses <laughs> tonight. Helped you agree wouldn't it <laughs> but uh yeah i i don't i yeah whenever you dig into the evidence and ask people for the evidence on this kind of stuff they don't there isn't really anything. Well, how can you bring evidence? It's so many hundreds. It's of really years speculative. Ago. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but they can't. What I mean is, they couldn't really point you to like any literature from the time no. or any real concrete thought. It's just someone's gone. Hmm. These stories are similar. I wonder if Moses was some someone else. Mm. Um. But I, yeah. I, I must watch the Emperor's New groove because that would tell me more about it exactly that's where you're gonna get your real education yeah <laughs> genius right we're getting on tis i'm gonna give you a number and you f- flies through whatever it lands on super quick yeah um 100 100 we are in the section of global conspiracies mm-hmm. vague got oh the Knights of the Gold Circle, we've got the Bolshevik World Order, or we've got the US Federal Reserve. That first one? Mm. The Gold Circle? What's that? The Knights of the Golden Circle. The existence of the Knights of the Golden Circle is an unambiguous fact. Many histories and articles have been written about them. They were chiefly Democrats who opposed the Civil War, but at the same time were also oh. opposed to the abolition of slavery. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really want to touch this one. I'm not going to touch this one. Wow, those dudes sound cool. What are they about? Oh, (laughs) oh shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I might have to beep that. I don't want to sound like I'm uh, affiliating with them. Just Just want to fucking keep it going. Let's just not fight. Let's just... That's what. That's just the side that wants to keep slavery, but without fighting. Yeah. It doesn't. That's just the Confederates. <laughs> yeah, they just not yeah. fighting for it's, it. It's as if someone from the Confederacy stood up and went, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's not fight, and we just win." Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, exactly. Can we not fight, <laughs> yeah. but also just keep things going? Bus- business as usual, no. Uh, yeah, if we don't, if we just don't fight because I get my way, <laughs> right? Let's leave that one there. Then that's, that's pretty much. It's just, uh, it's absolutely a non-starter, isn't it? I don't know what the conspiracy is on that one. Yankee group no. who supported the South during the U.S. Civil War. There you go. What's the name of the book, Tis? You never actually said what the book is called. The book is called Conspiracy Encyclopedia. Oh, you did say that. Introduction by Tom Burnett, the Encyclopedia of Conspiracy Theories. Uh, it's published by Conspiracy Books. Just in case you were worried about what it was about. I'm going to call this Adam this episode Adam Tessington Presents Conspiracy Encyclopedia. Uh, <laughs> well, we have a lot more episodes where that came from. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. 
Yeah. And it was really fun. I actually, despite like the kind of miserable stuff that was at the beginning and right at the very end, uh, uh, I had a real, a real good time going through some proper old school conspiracy stuff and just waffling nonsense. Yeah, it was good fun. We'll have to come back to those religious conspiracy. I'm keen to see what the other ones on that page are. But yeah, yeah we can do another episode on that. I'm thinking next time we'll do listener stories because it was so in demand. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Listen to stories next. Right. Um, so I hope everyone's enjoyed everything coming back to normal after the uh, diversion last series. Some people really enjoyed it. I imagine some people didn't, but they didn't get in contact. Apart from, um, shout out to Fred, my cousin, who I just found out last weekend listens to the show um, and is a big Weird Tales fan. So thanks for listening, Fred. But he said, he, he said uh, I really love it. I listen to like over 100 episodes now. Um, but I haven't really liked the newest series. And I said, oh, sorry about that. I think it's going to be back to normal soon. And it is. So, Fred, this one's for you, baby. Um, <laughs> do you not listen to the week? Because that doesn't exist anymore. Instead, we've got question of the week. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. So I've got a few of these. Um, I, think, I thought I'd pick this one first because it's so simple. It's a very basic question. And I feel like it's something we would have said on the show before. But if not, Kim, this one's for you. This is from Kim the Trucker. Um, who's emailed us a few times with her British voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she said, how did you guys meet? I will say that you two met through me. So if yeah. you say how you met me and then Tiss, you say how you met me and then I'll say how you met through me. Cool. Uh, I can, I can remember meeting you, uh, but I, I can't I can't tell if this was when our friendship started, but I remember meeting I for some reason I wasn't in neither of us were in assembly. I think mm. I was late to school because I'd had a doctor's appointment or something, and you were sat outside and I said hello to you. I was like, Oh, you're right. And you went, Yeah, I've got kicked out of assembly because I've got blue hair. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> you're really going back. I actually got excluded for that. Did you? I didn't just get kicked out of assembly. I got kicked out of school. Wow. Well, that was obviously the start of your exclusion period then. Because you had blue hair. Yeah. Yeah, you had blue hair. Oh, you've got blue hair. Let's stop your education. What the fuck? This, that, this, this is something about our school, ladies and gents. I dyed my hair blue for fun. It was like summer holidays very soon. So we broke up from summer holidays on the Friday. Um, and normally on the last day of school, you can go in non-uniform. Thursday, I went into school with blue hair. They said, you're not coming into school like that. Sent me home. I got excluded officially. But then they said, but you can come in tomorrow because it's non-uniform day and it counts as part of your non-uniform. And then after that, it's the summer holidays. Why send me home? It's yeah. utter just <sighs> jobs worth. Yeah, it really was. Bullshit. Anyway, uh, yeah. But, but the good thing that came out of it was our friendship. That like I don't remember if we were friends before that, but I don't no, well, it's one of really things, remember knowing you before that. It's one of the things with school where it's just like you just all know each other. Yeah. So I can't remember meeting Beef, but I knew of Beef. We weren't in the same classes, that's the thing, until mm. sort of towards the end. So we were sort of acquaintances in school, but then sort of year 10, 11 became better friends. Yeah. Um, and then became much better friends when you moved to Ellsbury because you then got the same school bus. We as got me. the same bus. Uh, yeah. That's it. X fifteen. Yeah. When, when was that? Like 
When was that assembly then? Not the last day of school. Oh no, that would have been like year nine, year eight, something like that. Like right, yeah, yeah, years yeah. before that would be like when we yeah sort of knew each other. But I would say we sort of became pretty. We knew each other, but then became pretty good friends sort of later on in school. I think year 10, 11. There wasn't really a natural way that our friendship circles crossed, and no. then I became good friends with Ben Hall. Right. And then he was like a mutual friend. And so yeah. then I would go to stuff and you were there. And then that was it. It's what it's, ladies and gentlemen, it's simple. We were friends from school. You don't really know yeah. how your friendships meet from school, but that's how I know beef. Mm. Uh, Tiss, how did we meet? So uh, the first time we ever met was through the window uh, at the sick form block. It was. <laughs> wow, it was I like that. through Ash. Um, and it was like to uh, join join the band or or to audition for the band. I don't know which yeah. one. I feel like it was like oh, yeah. I guess it was an audition. Yeah, it was the audition first. Um, yeah, and that that was that was pretty much the first time until we started practicing. Right? Did we see each other around school? What, well, my my memory of it is someone on Ash's school bus said to her, "Are you?" Uh, like, is Bob's band looking for a guitarist? And she said, no, but they're looking for a drummer, a new drummer, because our old drummer was leaving. And then you said, well, I can play drummer. He said, well, he can play drums as well. <laughs> and it was oh, you. And what? I, yeah, something like that. And then they, That's mad. she said, well, get him to speak to Bob. He, in six, uh, he's going to be in the sixth form block tomorrow at lunchtime. And then you just knocked on the window. And I leant out the window and was like, yeah, come to a practice at the weekend. And that was it. Then you became our drummer. Yeah, that's fucking mad. I, I bet it was like Luke Postle or something. Because she was the Winslow bus. Yeah, I can't think that of sounds right. Anyone else. Um, yeah. Because no, Luke was a guitarist. Right. Uh, oh, so, okay. maybe, so maybe he was asking for him and then he said, oh, okay, well, I know someone who plays drums or something. Yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember um, you knocking on that window. Yeah. So yeah, me and Tiss were in a band. Um and then we used to play and Beef used to come to our gigs cuz he was our friend friends with like the rest of the band. So So yeah, Tiss was a few years younger than us, but yeah. There you go. That's I do it. I do remember meeting Tiss though for the first time. Do you? Yeah, you I I seem to remember you saying to me, Bob, like, "Oh, come meet our new drummer." And you're like, yeah, he came and did an audition. He was all right. So he's going to come be in our band. I was like, oh, cool. And then we came and met you. You were outside the science block, Tiss. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you were just, you guys were talking about a gig that was coming up. And uh, yeah, I didn't, we didn't really say anything to each other. Well, but I, actually, amazingly, the first time that Tiss played live of us was at your birthday. Yeah, was it really? that was his first time he played live. Of was us, that yeah. the first live gig? Was maybe that's why I was there because I was like, oh, it's going <laughs> to be it my was party. Your party. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It probably it was. was the first time Tis played live of us because when we went to pick up his drum kit the next day, the <laughs> pub wouldn't give <laughs> they it. They kept back it to us. hostage. Yeah, <laughs> they kept your kit hostage, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, that is mad, isn't it? Because <laughs> they were waiting on the balance of the room, and uh, yeah, that's so funny. Um, oh, and they they found out that people were Alan's friends were jumping out the window into the skit. Oh my god, I didn't know that bit. I forgot that bit. If I didn't know, that's yeah, funny. he was like, yeah, I've just heard about what you guys were doing last night. I was like, what are you talking about? All coy, like what? What? I don't know. <laughs> He's like, that one of you, funny. one of you guys were sp- smoking stuff and jumping out the windows. 
And I didn't even try to pretend. I went, oh yeah, that was my mate's friend. Sorry. It's like completely grasped him up. Yeah. So there we go, Kim. That That's how we met each other. Uh, me and Big went to school together. Tiss joined my band. And then those two met through the band. That was a wicked gig. We did some good covers on that gig. It was so fun. It was so fun. That was such was a fun good. gig. That's, that's probably my first ever gig. That must have been... Probably. Well, no, actually, I, I played the last assembly of school. Does that count? I don't think it really does. I don't think that counts. The tavern's got That's to be not a gig. gig. Interesting. No. Right. So there we go. Send more questions in. I mean, we, I, they were supposed to be really quick fire, but we sort of went on a trip down memory lane with that one. But send more in. I've got a few backed up anyway, but like, keep them coming because it's a fun thing to just answer a listener's question at the end of an episode. Um, yeah. That's it. Oh, um, I really want to say thanks to... 
or you can just go to weirdtas and the unexplainable.com where you can also <laughs> contact us. <laughs> you can also contact us through there. You can find links to all the stuff that's important, the social media accounts. You can buy merch on there. You can contribute monetarily. Um, whatever. Whatever you need to do on that, to do with the pod is on there. You can chat to us on Facebook. People will do that. You do all that stuff. Um, you can also go on my website this is actually the only show I've got running at the moment I'm having a little break but you can see the other stuff I have worked on it's bobshoy.com b-o-b-s-h-o-y dot com amazing and there's links on there as well to my Patreon and stuff so yeah it's all there just go on bobshoy.com weirdtalesnownexplainable.com between those two there's everything you need we don't listen to this bit me, me and Tish don't need to listen I know you we, don't we, that's why I thought I'd throw it your way for a second it's not for us no. it, it's not for us to know I don't need to send an email to myself Right. Which is good, really, because I don't. I still didn't hear what the email address was when you said it, and it's been our new email address for a few years now, hasn't it? Yeah, the listeners listen because people do actually email to that one now, not the old one. Anymore, and so. and we good. love the emails, so keep them yeah, coming. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. We love you a lot. Uh, next time we're going to be doing some consp- uh, conspiracy. We just did that. We're going to be doing some listener stories because everyone asked for them. So I'll go be going through the emails between now and then to dig out some uh, some gems. And if you've got one, you, maybe you might be able to get it in in time. We'll probably be recording before this episode goes up, to be honest. But if you're super quick, maybe. Like, as in, as soon as you listen, that night, get it in. Um, and then we're done. And Tiss, uh, end the episode on a pun, because we're bringing them back as of this episode. Um... Conspiracy? Yeah. No, you nearly said it. It's the easy one that oh. we did every time we did a conspiracy. Conspiracy. I was throwing you a bone oh, because God. Was... Oh God! Why did I cut off before the conspiracy? conspiracy I said conspiracy. See you later. Right. Conspiracy. Let's just try again. Later. And Tis, uh, until next time. Conspiracy. See you later. Love it. Love you lots, everyone. Bye 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 bye. Buxton thing was like um, he was like I'm not actually allowed to sign stuff on the premises but oh. I want to be able to sign stuff if you want so if you fancy it I'll be over in Plonkers afterwards and I was laughing because oh. I thought he'd made up the name of a pub and then we went out I looked opposite there was actually a pub called Plonkers really? <laughs> yeah that's where he was that's amazing that's amazing it sounds so oh. much like the sort of fake pub name that he would make up Plonkers. I was so shocked when it was real that's like, if incredible. anyone fancies having a chat, I'll be over in Plonkers. That's amazing. Um, I was I was I was quite jealous that you met him. Yeah, we had a good chat. It was really nice. Yeah, he seems he seems like a good guy. He slagged off the. Did he? So quickly he showed his hand. I said, but we nicked her bucket of booze, so that's all right. Uh, <laughs> what did he say to that? He was just laughing. We had a good chat. It was really nice. Oh. Yeah, and he said uh, he then after we talked about that, he said. Um, oh, what's your podcast then? And I said, oh, because oh, I was actually wearing the weird test. I said, oh, it's this. And he was like, oh, <laughs> that's when he was like, let's get a picture of it then so I can remember it. So I'll check it out. And I was like, okay.
Wow. And I just kept finding it so weird that there's a picture of me on his phone. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> so cool. weird, isn't it? Nice. That's good of him to make himself available afterwards, though. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice, yeah. He was just in there having a pint. Wow. In plonkers. Rubbing, rubbing shoulders with all the important people. Yeah. Superstar, they're watching me. IOT, IOT. Um, just fuck, fuck Tories or something, I don't know. This show's propaganda.